The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I almost feel like this mic stand needs a counterweight. But I'm pretty sure it's just the the because it's on the edge of the edge of the carpet. Yeah. 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 I tried tipping it over before and it wouldn't go. But then I also I also followed that up by shoving it in underneath the couch so that it was using the couch as the counterweight. Okay. Yeah. Well, but me trying to adjust it, yeah. it just felt weird and well I had and, to, and you had to move it too. Yeah. Yeah. And me being the <sighs> impulsive person that I am, I had to put it in a place where I felt it was okay, but I still feel like I need a counterweight. <laughs> I can go. I, I have counterweights in the other room. No, no. I can go get them. No, no. I know it won't Actually fall over. Fall. It's just yeah. one of those. It's going to distract ticks. you all morning. I don't know if it'll You're, do that. Yeah, well. Well. Can I? I maybe. I, I Probably. Can't, I, I can't reach it from here, so I can't kick it over. No. Your dog would probably be more likely to. <laughs> She'll probably just reach up and grab the cable when she wakes up. Yeah. Because once again, she's sleeping on your lap. Yeah. Well, I'm warm, apparently, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's my assumption. It's what she does. She finds laps and she sleeps on them. Fair enough. Yeah. And then she'll wake up halfway through the podcast and start chewing on your toque. That's my good one, too. Keep an eye on it. She's crafty. Yeah. I mean, I, I got like probably another 20 toques. <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely, you definitely have, you know, a couple that you wear a lot. Yeah. I yeah. wear my music one, but I usually wear this one underneath it. because Like a toque over a toque? Well, yeah. This, it, this is the only toque that I do this with because yeah. it was knitted for me by my grandmother Gotcha. It has like a bunch of piano notes all around it. Oh, really I gotcha. cool. Yeah. But it it's too big. Right, right. And it just happens to be like the perfect size that if I wear this toque and then put it over top, it's like the perfect size. <laughs> nice. Nice. I've I've thought about getting like another toque that size right. and just maybe like sewing it on there and then it'd be just one toque, but Oh yeah. It's kind of like sewing in a liner. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But, yeah, if she chews on that toque, I, I got like a billion others. It's just <laughs> not all of them cover my ears as well as that one does. There's always there's always that one. I have I have one toque that is amazing, and I have, I have two of the same toque because it was cocky team I was part of that toques made. And uh, actually, we had toques made twice, two different designs, both cool. And I, I bought two of the one, 
except where they put the logo, which is supposed to be out front, mm-hmm. because of the stitching or the the embroidery on the on the logo, there's zero warmth there. <laughs> it's like it doesn't keep that part of the that part of the toque warm at all. So if you're you know whatever part your head is in that logo spot, cold mm-hmm. as hell. Uh. Yeah, I know. And so that'd be a toque that I'd throw out. Well, no, I actually just spin it around. So the logo is pointing out the back and it's usually, you know, covered by the collection of hoods that I have back there. Fair enough. Yeah. And then it's, and it's super warm, covers my ears wonderfully. Yeah. My ears get super cold to the point where they hurt in weather, like what we're having now. And it's like abnormally warm out <laughs> that is very weird man yeah you need to move to like hawaii or no. texas no because there's things there that i don't like <laughs> in terms of creatures <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did live there illegally for a while uh new mexico yeah but i never saw big spiders thank no? god mm. i mean if you keep your house clean there they don't okay wander in they're always but, wandering in looking for prey anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. And if spiders come, then snakes come, and like, <laughs> it gets really bad. I'm glad I don't live, I'm glad I don't live south of Red Deer. <laughs> <laughs> it's too warm down there. <laughs> it really, well, it is. <laughs> okay, I didn't intend at all to talk about Creatures and stuff. No. No. I had something to talk about. I can't remember what it was. You have a few things, or you were implying that you had a few things you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, Your gear purchases is one of them. God. I've been, I've been searching. I don't even know where to start. My, My brain is so frazzled with this thing. Well, you were about to start when I told you that I don't think I have much to contribute this week because all I have done is, like, spend money on non-audio related things. Like what kind of stuff? I bought a board game. Oh, did you get the Turtles game? I bought, like, the super fancy Kickstarter, everything comes with it version of it and then i'm also buying a regular (laughs) version of it (laughs) are you buying like the super fancy one to keep all wrapped up no 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 i'm buying it because it comes with like a bunch of stuff yeah like it it comes with so why buy the regular one too because i had already purchased it all right and then when i was doing some research because i was excited about this purchase that i can't have yet I started reading into what the Kickstarter version of it had, and then it was just like so much cooler stuff. Well, there's prints that of like Kevin Eastman drawings, and Mm, you get four of those, and one of them is signed by Kevin Eastman. (laughs) I wonder how the guys from the Gravy Age um, would love that. Um, I haven't heard them talk about it, but. Gravy Age, uh, the Gravy Age. For anybody that doesn't know, including Joey, um, there are a couple of guys down south that uh, they talk music and comic books and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I'll have to ask Chris. I think is the guy that that we Twitter with. Okay. 
He's part of that. And well, he, yeah, he's, he, he's one of the hosts. I think he's the regular host. They only do once a month though. Fair enough. Oh, absolutely. These things take so much time as it is. Especially if you edit them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the, he was the guy that, that, uh, that, that told you, you were right about the whole synth argument we were having Okay, a month or two ago. The thing that I, I only read through the emails that I was getting about Twitter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, the brief little things of you, you guys going, going back, back and forth. forth. Yeah. And me wondering, what the hell are you guys talking about? Yeah, we were talking about something about having an intervention in case you um, started getting into synth dance music. Mm, I wouldn't get into the music itself, I don't think. No. You just, no. You just want to play with the toys. Kind of. I, th- I think what would happen is if I wrote songs use, using synths, it would be very proggy. It's just I would be doing the super cheesy stuff that synths do. You'd be dream theater. Essentially. Except I think that would be nowhere awesome. near as talented. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who is, right? So it's like a less cool, less talented, less creative version of dream theater. So therefore, nothing, exactly. nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a band um, we, that broke up in 2010 uh, where we call it, we compared ourselves, we compared ourselves to a, like a modern version of Rush. Except, you know, nowhere near the talent or creativity yeah. or. Yeah. No, that, that style of music's difficult. And then, well, dream theater themselves. It's like those guys are um, graduates of crazy music school, like the schools that. Oh, really? The, yeah, yeah. I think they went to Juilliard. Okay. So you know, everybody kind of wants to go to Juilliard, at least in North America. It seems like all the music students would love to go to Juilliard. Yeah. And dream theater is like a Juilliard band. Yeah, they're one of those bands that. I would lo- I, I I would love listening to, except for the singer. And I, I I've seen a couple of I've seen a couple of in the stu- live in the studio videos where it's been the I, f- I can... four guys in the band minus the singer playing a song or like like playing the track playing the yeah. new track right and it sounds awesome like like totally the kind of thing I would want to listen to. I think you know to be fair the singer is fantastic absolutely. But but I could see what you mean though, because I, I definitely I prefer the songs that have a lot of instrumental breaks, or mm. at the very least, if there is a fair amount of singing, there's usually like a good portion of an instrumental drink yeah. uh, break too. Right, like Octavarium is a favorite song of mine. I don't, I know there's singing in it, but I. I I think it's it's overshadowed by the amount of like just musicianship that's right. going on, and there are breaks where it's just these guys bouncing around some really interesting mm-hmm. things. Well, and, and and that's the his particular singing style. I can't even remember the guy's name. Mike something, right? Um, um I don't know. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter. The only. The, Jordan Rudis is the keyboardist. Okay. 
Uh, uh, I would know the guitar player's name to hear it, but I can't. It, it's yeah, not coming to I, me. If somebody said the guitar player's name, I would know it as well can, as their old drummer. Yeah, Portnoy. Yeah, Portnoy. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, think he's their drummer currently. No, no. He but he's he left for some reason. Well, at the moment, he's doing a lot of stuff. Like he's filling in for bands and stuff, mm-hmm. and he would do commercials and like I on at least on my Facebook feed, he pops he's, up he's a doing lot. A lot yeah. And I don't follow drummers very often, so. And, you know, he's still popping up on my feed a lot. His funny videos are great. His funny videos? Oh, yeah. He's playing, like, a a little little kid's drum set. Like, $100 (laughs) drum set. That sounds like ass, but. That's awesome. Here he is playing, like, Metallica songs on it. (laughs) Complete with the cheap, crappy cymbals that sound like garbage. (laughs) And you could still tell, like, the songs that he's playing. Like, he'll be yeah. doing famous songs. You could tell those are the songs. It sounds like ass, but those are the songs. <laughs> Played on the mini kit. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, whatever whatever style you, you want to classify the singer as, um, I have enjoyed that style by other people before. Uh, uh, maybe not as talented people, but, um, I, I just don't know if his, his voice supports the style of playing that's going on as, I mean, obviously it works. They're making lots of money they've, they've, from they've it anyway. At least over 30 records too, right? But on a purely subjective point of view, I just don't know if for me, that's fair. if his voice is a, a good enough fit, and and people are gonna people are gonna like trounce all over for this. for this. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel the same way about um, uh, the lead singer for Iron Maiden. God, wow, my I could see that, but their songs are so classic that I, I can't yeah. imagine anyone else singing them. And 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 and, and that's just it. Like like. In that case, in that case, the match, the match of, of voice to music, I think is really good. Like it's, it is what it should be. Uh, maybe it's just, cause it's such a classic, but. For him though, I, I, th- I think he probably wouldn't work in any other band except for Iron Maiden. That's fair. Well, he's done his own, he's done his own solo stuff, right? Okay. I, I don't uh, doubt it. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't see any other successes happening. Yeah. Because, you know, Iron Maiden has that very specific sound. You know that's Iron Maiden within like the first couple seconds of yeah. a song playing. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a combination of how the players play is like, yeah. Yeah. But it's all, it's all... Technically, very good. Um, like he's he's still Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, he's I can't this... believe I can't remember his name. Excuse me, the Iron Maiden guy. He's he's even now in his sixties. He's almost seventy, I think. Flying the band in his seven forty seven. But he's he's still he's still got those amazing pipes, and he's still yeah. like he's still got such amazing control over his voice. The the guy is a machine of a human being. But with all the things he's accomplished in his that's life. how it comes across to me is 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 very robotic and 
robotic's not the right word. Emotionless. It doesn't. Uh. It's it's almost like it's almost like he's a wonderful performer and he's a wonderful storyteller, uh, but he he lacks and and maybe it's just the, he lacks the community that he lacks the particular style of emotion that connects with me. Maybe. Yeah. I feel I feel that way about most of. I enjoy the story of uh, genre. What song was that? That run to the hills. See, and that's that's the thing. Like, I love reading their lyrics because uh, I really enjoy well, this, that style of poetry. I'm, I'm more and... commenting about the story of the recording process for that song. Oh, where I don't where know. he was uh, doing the. There's a scream or something in that song where he just goes on for several bars, just like, (laughs) but there is a verse before that where he's just like doing these uh, rhythmic things with his voice while doing the, the, you know, he's a good writer, obviously. And like the rhythmic stuff that he's doing alongside with the band. And he couldn't get that right. They actually had to spend like almost an entire day just getting that verse right. And he just wanted to move on to the scream after that. Mm, yeah. And he was getting super, super frustrated to the point like he was, it got to the point where he took a chair that he had in the his uh, booth and threw it across the room. <laughs> and then the producer said like, okay, now you can do the scream. After he got to that point. <laughs> awesome. And then that was the scream. Was that, was the that scream used. super, I'm frustrated as balls. Nice. Scream. And so like, it was, and it's argued that you couldn't get that scream unless you put him in that situation. Uh, you, you hear that kind of, you hear that kind of, um, that kind of story from a lot of records, especially a lot of the classic records where, mm-hmm. where the, 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 the singer has to get pushed all day long until they're, till they're themselves at an emotional breaking point. And that's when they give that emotional performance. Mm-hmm. And it may be technically not as perfect, but so it, much it more. It seems like a lot of the big producers do things like that. <laughs> like how like can I, we piss this guy off? So he gives me something good. <laughs> well, it's more like, okay, these are the lyrics to the song. Thus this part here, like you're obvious, like this verse here is about a bad breakup or something like that. And they'll right. actually poke and prod at these people to get them to like spill out their, their heart. And then it's like, yeah. okay, in the studio, you like tears falling down your face. It's like, I remember going there because you're going to break and it's going to be that much more emotional. I remember, I remember watching the documentary um, of Korn's big record, the making of, and how um, Jonathan, what's his name? Uh, the producer just kept kicking him about this one song, like just kept poking and poking and bringing him back to whatever place that he was when he, when he, when he wrote it um, until the point where like, this dude, this this metal-ish, like, I don't know, whatever you want to call him, is is crying into the microphone. <laughs> and that's think, the point where he started getting started getting the takes, right? Yeah, I think I've heard of that. And, the, if he's, and then later on, after the record had released, they were saying like, yeah, we won't work with him. What he did was 
right for the project, but what he did makes him an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it worked, right? Yeah. They haven't they haven't exactly had a ton of success since well, it, then. It was <laughs> it was reading the the description of like what it was, mm-hmm. and like the guy was saying, like, yeah, what he did was right for what it was what was needed. But yeah. at the same time, I'm never working with him again because I don't want to work with somebody who's going to do that to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is just interesting. And then there's producers like Rick Rubin who just come in, lay on the couch, listen to the songs and be like, no, it's not right yet. Not right. <laughs> Figure it out. Do it again. I'll come back. Yeah. goes back, does whatever he does. Yeah. I guess manage. I'm going for breakfast. Yeah. Manage his hip hop label. Uh, well, I think he's in charge of Sony right now. Really? I think. I think you've told me that before, actually. I- I'm pretty sure he's the president of one of the big three. That's so weird. I could be wrong. Uh, so, I don't live in LA, so I don't really yeah. care to yeah, know right. he what started, these people do. He started Def Jam, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Someone was telling me... When he was in college. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Someone was, in was his, telling me that story. His dorm room or something like that. He started Def Jam Records. And, and I didn't know that Rick Rubin, who I've always associated with as a, as a rock producer... Well, he was in punk bands and stuff. Yeah. And then when he was in college, he started Def Jam Records and he was... got all these rappers to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He was like making beats and stuff like that. Like in the early days, he was was a very hands-on producer. Like he was actually helping with the song creation. Right. And then as time went on, he he got more into like the management side of things. It seems like... To the point where he's like the only producer out there that essentially just sits on a couch and s- listens to the songs once and goes like, uh, no, this isn't doing it. Figure something else out. Yeah. I'm going to go do whatever else it is I want to do. do. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> Tell sounds... me when you got something else for me to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more like a 60s thing. <laughs> He's considered like the only producer out there that can get away with that though and get paid to do that. I remember, um, man, I'm terrible with names today. Uh, the, the show Californication. Uh, I know of it, but I've never watched it. He, there's this, there's this storyline where he starts hanging out with, uh, with a, uh, a record producer. Okay. And, uh, um, Famous Canadian actor. Um, There's a lot of those. I know. Uh, older guy. I can't remember his name. It's 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 like a three three name name. Um, damn. Anyway, those who know it know it. Doesn't matter. So they're one of their first encounters. David Duchovny's character comes over to uh, to this producer's house, and he's in a bathrobe, and what looked like pajamas underneath the bathrobe lying on a couch while a band is playing on this mini stage on the other side of the room. Yeah. Fairly big room. And, uh, and they finish the song and David Duchovny walks in and the producer stands up and he says, okay, just give me a sec. He walks over to the band and he says, your verse is your chorus and your chorus is your verse. And it starts walking away. <laughs> and they're like, what the hell does that mean? He says, you figure it out. 
<laughs> and walks away. Oh man, that sums up the, the our jobs. Is <laughs> this is too blue? What? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I remember. I remember the first time I ever heard about Orange Amps. Oh yeah, didn't know they existed as a company. And so my boss at the time, he's he's he's, I'm a like I'm a 19 year old kid. Mm-hmm. never been in the studio at this point, but I've been working on the road and I want to get into the studio. So I'm asking him a ton of questions because he's been in the studio lots and, 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 and I, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, what, like, what do I need to know to get into the studio? And, and one of the things he said, that's just always stuck with me. And, and it, at the time it came across as so, so esoteric like that. Hmm. And, and, and he says, if a guitar player asks you to make his guitar sound more orange, you have to know how to do that. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> how do I make a guitar sound like a color? <laughs> but there are people who will ask for a color for their mixes and stuff like that. That's just it's it, right? weird. And it's strange because at that point... Uh, usually for me anyway, yeah. you've already dealt with them long enough that you kind of know what they mean when they say it. Yeah. It's especially if you've been in, in on the recording. Yeah. If you've been on, on in the recording, you're almost of like, as soon as they say it, you kind of know very, fairly well what it is they're trying to say. Yeah. But even mixing, uh, Usually people slowly get to that point where they just use a, a weird word. Right. Because some people are good at like describing what they need. And then as you guys are exchanging words, you kind of get a shorthand. And eventually it can get to that point where they're asking for it to sound a little bit more purple. <laughs> and then you have to know with what you've d- talked to them before, what purple means. And, uh, Do you mean, in my experience, you kind of almost. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, someone saying purple, like, do you mean purple rain or do you mean purple haze? Or do you mean the color of money? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, and in this case, it, it wasn't like a particular song or band or anything. It yeah. was just, let's make it more mellow and cold. And I never would have got that from Purple. But I that's, have, why, that's why it's important to pay attention to the band. I also have that uh, Synthesia or whatever it's called. I have no idea. Where you, where you could see, uh, see colors for certain frequencies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. only happens at day three of no sleep for me, but <laughs> I do have it. Awesome. So, like, I can cheat a little bit if I felt like punishing myself, yeah. especially at this point where I've like worked my way into regularly sleeping now. But I felt like making everybody around me miserable and punishing myself. <laughs> I could. Pull, you could pull it off. I could stay awake for that long. And then when you, they tell me make it more purple, I could just mix until I'm seeing purple. <laughs> you'd get a lot done. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be miserable human being to be around. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on the the 72 hour schedule. I sleep. Uh, I'm awake for 72 hours, and then I sleep for 24. <laughs> uh, 
Usually not. Well, no, you, you usually like sleep for 30 those. minutes. Oh, yeah. Back in the days where that was regular for me, that no. was like up for 72 hours, sleep for five or six. I'm still sleeping for five or six, but it is like every day now. So <laughs> I'm a a lot better. Five or six is pretty good, man. I know a lot of adults, especially especially when I was younger, I knew a lot of adults that would, you know, four or five hours, maybe six hours was all they would ever expect. Well, I'm happy with four hours too. Yeah. Everybody around me goes like, man, you're nuts. Like they hear like I go to bed at three and then I wake up at six. It's like, what? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> Don't you always feel like a bag of ass then? Yeah, like, well, I have yeah. to tell them, like, no. I've spent <laughs> years going, like, three days and then getting three or four hours. So <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was, yeah. No, well, my body doesn't need as much sleep as the regular human being, apparently. I wonder how that's going to catch up to you. Oh, it's probably gonna catch up pretty awesome with me yeah either gonna shorten my lifespan or when i get old it's just gonna be constant sleeping and yeah, yeah well that, that that's kind of old age anyway yeah you know like let's get up for breakfast okay let's go have a nap let's get up for lunch okay let's go have a nap <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the years you lose are all the ones at the end anyway you know when you can't do anything that's kind of the adult diaper years anyway <laughs> I love how you're justifying it. <laughs> well, it's true, right? The only and thing the only thing people are scared of, it's not dying that people are scared of. It's having someone else wipe their ass that ah. people are scared of. Not yeah. being able to get out of bed fast enough to go pee. Yeah, I think that would suck. Yeah. I have to rely on people to take care of me. And I know people that I know people that that do it, and I know people that have that have that have gotten to that point. And I'm glad that I'm in neither of those situations. And I'm sure glad that we have people that are willing to care for those people. Those people. And I don't like. We don't mean that to sound as you know those people, right? But. But yeah, I, I'm I'm. I'm I'm happy to give up those years. Happy Fair to enough. give up those years. Being tall as I am is also going to apparently oh, yeah? shorten my lifespan. Yeah, apparently if you're over six feet tall for every inch, you lose X amount of years. I've heard the same thing for every inch below 5'11 or 5'10. So okay. I don't know. I don't know how much I believe in those things. I'll certainly have a lot of back problems if I ever get super old. I already have back problems. <laughs> And I bet more sleep would help with that. <laughs> I don't know. Lately, I've been waking up with like an even sore back. Although, might be time for a new mattress. Well, I, th I think it's just a combination of what I do for a living at the moment. And, you know, I only get two days to recover and then I'm back at lifting things. And I've. At least you get two days to recover. Yeah, yeah. But I've also been doing things to minimize how much I'm lifting mm. on any given rate and that's fair soon I'll have my review which I'm thinking I will tell my bosses like you probably have four years maximum in this department for me and then I'll have to be somewhere else in the store 
back problem wise. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because I, uh, I get to thirty five and I'm still in rentals. <laughs> that's gonna be <laughs> gonna probably suck. Yeah, yeah. I don't miss I don't miss being on the road with loading heavy gear all the time, all that oh. kind of stuff. I don't miss that at all. I'm I know also not 20. my other my fellow coworkers in rentals. They're younger than me. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it longer than me, but because they are younger than me, they will lift like two speakers, one in each hand, type of thing. Meanwhile, here I am. I stack them and then I get my my a trolley and yeah, roll them out because I don't want to be at the end of the day going, "Oh my god, my back hurts." Because it's already like that anyway. <laughs> well, if if you if you exercise good posture, you can get away with things like that. But you have to be you have to be careful and you have to be patient and. Most people just aren't, especially the younger you are, the less yeah. patient and careful you are. Well, lifting things all day, it can, like I've, I've noticed that I'm lifting things wrong. Like I'm bending over and mm. grabbing things. So I'm yeah. lifting with my back yeah. with a lot of stuff because I'm doing that for eight hours a day. That's a huge issue. And that's why I've been having sore backs. Get a girdle, man. One of those uh, exercise things, exercise belts or whatever. It's supposed to help maintain. It's not about keeping your back stronger, but it's supposed to remind you um, and force you into more proper posture. Oh. Okay. Yeah, and and they they can't be that expensive. It's not like they're a complicated device. Just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, well, you you see, um, you see the the heavy bodybuilders wear them all the time they 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 call them like a back brace or something but okay but they're just uh they're just a weightlifting device and again it it doesn't it doesn't specifically um prevent back injuries but it encourages proper posture when you bend over when you reach down whatever it's kind of like kind of like wearing a tensor bandage on a on a sprained wrist or something it won't prevent like it doesn't doesn't serve any purpose um other than reminding you that this is an injury be careful with it okay yeah, yeah that might be an idea it, it it's worth looking into if, especially if you have back problems already my little brother was um who's 36 now he uh he had a couple of back injuries when he was really young as my entire family seems to do. I had one at 24. He had one at 25. And I think he had one at 22, actually. Um, and had another one into his 30s. I think he would have been 33 or 34. Kept him on his back for six months. You know? And and it was, it was just repetitive things over and over again. You know, leaning down. And I think, I, I think the thing that, the, the thing that put him on his back for six months was, he leaned over at the end of his shift to pick up his lunch kit. Okay. And yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's I've, just, yeah, I've the seen that action, happen right? to one of my coworkers where he, yeah. well, I didn't see it, but he did have to go home because he was useless. Yeah. He just tried to lift a fog machine. Those things aren't heavy. No, it, it, but it, it's just that final movement that something snaps. Yeah. And, and, and so, so my little brother's now wearing one of those, Whenever he's working, he puts on this little this little back brace, and they're they're not small, you know. You can you can kind of see him under your shirt, but um, but it, it just it just 
keeps him in proper posture all the time and, and makes it uncomfortable when he bends over in the wrong posture. And he hasn't had, I mean, fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you want to do, but hasn't had a back injury since. It's been three years now. Oh, might have to invest in that. Yeah. And like I said, they can't be expensive and worth it. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? Stops you from... Yeah. So um, now that we're veering farther and farther away from audio... audio. <laughs> you were going to talk about your purchases, though. You haven't told me what you got. That okay. You so, are excited, but both have a headache or something fearful about? yeah fearful is the is the word um they're gonna show up tomorrow uh found a guy in saskatoon that was that was um getting rid of a couple of uh great river mike prees oh and a little bit of negotiation got him down to a really good price and i've been looking for for a pair of knee style pre's, because we have the 11073 here, right? Mm-hmm. Wanted a pair of knee style pre's so we can use them for reamping and stereoing, whatever, right? And I'd always considered the Great River, but they've always been so expensive, like yeah. everything, right? Anyway, so. But so in comparison to a 1073, they're a good price. It's just. That's that's fair, yeah. Anyway, so I found them for, for a good price. Uh, he was a good guy to deal with. And so I pulled the trigger and instantly had instantly had spenders remorse just cause you know, it's a lot of money, even at the great price, a lot of money. That's so, fair. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. They should, like I said, they should show up tomorrow, but damn, if I'm not like, I'm still, I still have nerves about them. <laughs> But now, now you can help me, you know, maybe live on air. You can help me. Not, not that this is live, but I now have too many pre's over there. Um, I have to filter out three of them just to make space. Oh, so you're doing this not weekly, what should I get rid of thing? Weekly? <laughs> is, it, is it that seldom? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty well, much. I was trying to make it sound like you weren't bugging me as much as you do. <laughs> I've been good. I've been leaving you alone the last month. Yeah, actually, yeah, I've been pretty good. About and, and you know what it is? It's because you stopped responding. Since because you usually week. text me at work, and then I'll see it. <laughs> but because I'm at work, I don't respond. You don't respond, and then you forget about it by the time you're done work. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And then the next time you send me something, I'm like, oh yeah, there was that other thing thing? you wanted me to look at. But again, you're at work, so. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, I negotiated a good price on a Lindell 7X500. The 1176, their 1176 compressor, because I wanted, I'd really like, I'd really like another, like, I'd actually like a couple of the Lindells. Um, but it was a good price on the one. He's yet to get back to me on a shipping cost, so I haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet. Um, but another guy, I found him on, I think he's out in Ottawa. And then, just last night, I'd been watching this Beta 58 sitting on eBay. Mm-hmm. And the guy wants peanuts for it. From, uh, it's, it's, uh, he's selling it from a film company out in BC. Mm-hmm. He used it for a couple of commercials, 
and now don't need it anymore. But he mislabeled it. And so it, it's sitting for peanuts, sitting there for peanuts, no reserve. And like, getting closer to the did, end date. Yeah. And, and like 10 minutes to go. I'm like, no one's putting anything down on this. I could buy that and resell it and make hundred bucks on it. Bid. <laughs> so I, I just, I, I placed a bid for, for his opening, for his opening asking price and. And got it. And, and got it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so that should be here in a few days too. That's awesome. Yeah. So now I gotta. Now I have to. I have to clear out some microphones because I have no more space in the mic locker. I really like. I don't have space. I'm. I'm. I took. We we actually packed up all the drum mics for once because we don't have we don't have a drum kit in here until the twenty fifth. That's the next time we're loading a drums in. And so the mic locker is literally full every single spot. So I had to pull out, I had to pull out some like the cheaper stuff and throw them in a drawer somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, I'm going to sell some mics, have to figure out which mic pre's to, to do away with. Try to sell those. Yeah. Haven't you been trying to sell some of your pre's? I haven't been tra- trying all that hard, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put a little more effort into it over the next few weeks and, and see what, see what I can get for them. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And I found a great deal on another DBX 160 on eBay stupid cheap you shouldn't be able to sell it for that low <laughs> and so those so, are the best <laughs> yeah so i keep looking at it and i think oh i have one do i want another yeah i have i absolutely want another <laughs> yeah it's terrible and then of course i don't have any space for that either like, no i would I'm, I'm going to need to get a second rack or a, a like a fifth a third, rack a, at this point fifth rack oh one, yeah two fourth rack I guess I have I have another one upstairs upstairs. yeah yeah that one upstairs might just end up moving down here although then I wouldn't have a table up there so much so much decision (laughs) (laughs) yeah so oh you know what Hmm. I did get some awesome things this week oh yeah I just remembered yep to go along with the microphone that the microphones that you don't have any use for yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> actually yeah, yeah yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was cleaning out a bunch of cables that were like years at this point obsolete in the system type thing. Right, and we just have a stash in rentals. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you are excused. Uh, there were some snakes. Studio snakes hmm. in that pile. So I got like a bunch of uh, TRS snakes. Sweet. Yeah, I got 32 channels worth. Wow. No use for any of them. <laughs> but <laughs> the price of free is... Uh, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> you, you could turn around and sell it on eBay, and it'd be just worth the. Yeah, it would. But at the same yeah. time, I'm thinking like these would be awesome for a patch bay. Yes, because I could just the back of the patch bay use my studio snake, be clean. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those future accumulations of my pile of shit <laughs> that I have no use for. Nice. Like I have a broken uh, cymbal bag. <laughs> I don't even play drums, but I have a broken cymbal bag. Do you have any cymbals to put in it? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it was a thing. Like it, it works. It's yeah. just it, you don't have a zipper for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just like whatever. I'll take that. I probably find something for that. If not future symbols that I may or may not have. And right. <laughs> I mean, I got that snare for a hundred bucks or whatever it was. Is that all you paid for that thing? Yeah, it, it, it was. It was dirt cheap, so I just jumped on it. Is <laughs> and I had like some money. Like I had no need for it. I don't play drums. You've left it here for the last six months, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking well, of the snare drum, we are going to, um, we are going to do a a snare drum circle. Um, uh, Jeff Hicks, mm-hmm. our studio guy. Yeah, we're gonna set up because he's a he's an old marching snare guy, right? Right. We're gonna set up our all four of our snare drums. Right. Plus his, he's got three. Maybe we'll just use maybe we'll use, we'll use all three of his because he's got two marching snares, like the big one, his piccolo, and then his his Yamaha. Um, one of those like is super old. Yeah, he won't bring that in again. Um, Fair n- enough. N- yeah, you're you're thinking of the 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 one from Ju- that, that actually stormed Juno Beach. Um, and yeah, Man, that is, has still has. I the, mean, the head. The fact that that or the head from that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, the original animal skin head. Hasn't been changed. Hasn't been changed in what is that? Seventy years. I, I would. I would yeah. still want to have a sample of that. Just the sample. I was about to. I just threw that session into the uh, into the archive folder, um, so we could we could isolate it and and send it to you. Okay. Do Remi- that. Keep keep reminding me to do that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You're never going to get it. You know how my memory works. <laughs> we're going to forget by the end. Anyway, so so we're going to set up, we're going to set up and we're going to set up some cameras too um and 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 do a do a YouTube video. Okay. But we're going to set up set up these six snares around him. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do seven so it's even cuz he has he has three. He's oh, maybe I'll finally be able to convince him to bring his gold snare to the studio. He's, he's got a snare that's made of gold that you won in a won in some drum competition. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, it's worth so much that he doesn't like leaving. Doesn't like letting it leave the house. But maybe for this, I can convince him. Anyway, we'll set we'll set them all up around him, and I'm just gonna hit record and let him go. I figure I'll even like we might make a day out of it, but I'll you know I'll, I'll set up I'll set up like the. Uh, like the uh, the U forty seven above them, or, or or one of the ribbon mics above them, uh, as a, as a not not specifically an overhead, but as a um, kind of like a like room, a, like a vocal mic yeah, slash okay. room mic, um, so that if he wants to talk about something, 
you know, maybe does some demonstration stuff on something, you know. Yeah, I, anyway. And then you're what, you're going to... We'll cut it up into into a series of videos or something and okay, but throw it up. For on. miking the uh, snares, are you going to... Miking the snares, we're going to close mic each one. Um, I'm... I'm are you going to rent a bunch of microphones for that so that it's consistent between them all? Or Yeah, I, I was actually thinking the 421s, 421s plus like a mono overhead or, or maybe a stereo overhead. Okay. Um, actually, yeah, we might do the stereo overhead so we can get just the, just the kind of the stereo image can go along. Um, but yeah, I, I was... So you're going to probably go to Long McQuaid and rent a bunch of 421s? Well, I have four of them. Yeah, you'll still need another three. Uh, I was going to see if I could borrow them. Yeah, I'll if you can, can borrow, borrow them, first, then, right? then that's yeah. better. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not so concerned about consistency with microphones. So we might do, we might do like, like the, uh, like the, the M80, um, on his, um, on his actual marching snare, like the real shotgun one. You know what? That's that's fair. And then, and then, um, like the piccolos, we might use the the SM7 or the SM57s because uh, I got two of them now and then 421s on the rest. Uh, that, you got rid seven. of a bunch of your 57s. I just bought another one. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I got rid of them because I don't like them and now I got more. People were asking for them, you know? Like I, I, I had two engineers in uh, this weekend and last weekend rented the studio for their, for their sessions and they were like, do you not have more 57s? Because I want more 57s. And I had to convince them, hey, listen, I have this and I have this and I have this that are better sounding than 57s. Try them. And they agreed, but I had, I, I had to argue with them. Anyway, so I figured I'd just get a second one. That way they can have one on snare. They can have one on guitar and they can't complain. Okay. Well, yeah. if you ever need more, I got two. Like, is this four? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I shouldn't I shouldn't need any more than two, because that was always that was always the complaint was, I want one on snare. But I also want one on guitar. I don't like fifty sevens on drums in general. Yeah, neither do I. And guitars, I prefer the four twenty one. I'm I'm hit or miss with the four twenty one. Sometimes I like how it matches up with the sound, and sometimes I don't. Um, I don't like fifty sevens on guitars. I, the, the, I, I find I, it, it, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I find that I am cutting a lot of that pick attack at like 5K and because 57 has yeah. that boost at 5K, it's yeah. just like, why am I adding more work? Yeah, well, and, and I find I find there's something, like there's some, there's some real thickness that I'm missing in the low mids in a 57 that I just, I just really That's miss. what I like out of the, the 421. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and sometimes the four twenty one matches up right for me, but I find I find the combination that works more consistently for me is the Sennheiser E nine oh six. Okay. Yeah. And and the Sure KSM three thirteen, the ribbon mic. That combination um, AAR twenty two is really nice on guitar cabinets as well. I haven't tried the R twenty two. Yeah, it's an active ribbon. Yeah. Bought one of those for that studio yeah, yeah, that I worked for for a brief time period until I priced myself out of a job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With good reason, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a bit of a dick. 
And yeah, one of the mics that I bought for him when he gave me that all that money to build that place was the R22. And just, uh, I like that microphone. And for the price, I, I yeah, I'd buy another one. There's a, um, there's a Royer R101 on, um, on Kijiji right now. For, I'd want a 121 though, not a 101. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would too, except the, the price of them has gone up so much. Yeah. Right? That's what makes me not. I am. Like, like used, used, the price now seems to be what it was two years ago for a new one. That's the, that, that's what people are selling them used for now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, good news if you bought them a while ago, because mm-hmm. they're appreciating, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think though, if I, if I got another ribbon, if I got another ribbon, I'd want something. Well, I guess the one, the one twenty one is such a, such an, such um, so so good at, at so many things. I'd yeah. like a one twenty one, but yeah, the R twenty two is really nice. I need to try the AR five by ART. Mm. I really want. If that one's good, I might invest in one or two of those, especially considering it's a, a cheap microphone. Which okay, which one is that again? Uh, it's an AR five, so. AR stands for Active Ribbon. Oh yeah, and uh, made by ART, I believe. ART or Apex. I always confuse the two because it's more or less the same company anyway. It's just they kind of fumbled around for a time like, period. I feel like AR, ART is more. I mean, even though they might be the same company, like I feel ART is more like original designs. And and not not like they're breaking breaking new ground, but I feel like they're more more original. Whereas whereas Apex, I feel like they're Apex the, does a lot of just just copying. rebranding clones. Yeah, yeah, like the four sixty. Was it? I think the either a five seven five or seven five seven. I don't know. It, it's their. They're 57. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's actually designed like after the the super old school SM57. So like Unidine. a lot of people don't like it because it doesn't sound like the new 57s. Right. But then there's people who have tried the old 57s and are like, oh man, this sounds like the old ones. Yeah. And they yeah. like it for that. But I think if I if I was to get I was to get another ribbon mic and and go for something that was really really nice I'd go for one of three things I'd go for I'd go for an a, uh, one of the AEA um 44s the like the the RCA 44 oh yeah like I would love to get one of those or I'd go for a Royer um 122 tube yeah, that'd uh, be a cool one. Yeah, uh, because it like everything I've heard for for Get samples, that ribbon and that. the tube. At yeah, the same time. It sounds like it sounds amazing. Or the SE Electronic, um, the R and R, the the Rupert Neve, the one with the Rupert Neve transformer in it. Oh, uh, we had one of those for a killer deal like months ago at uh, my store. 
Yeah. Like somebody came in, sold theirs to us, and within yeah. like a day, it, it was, was out of the store. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it's it's got to be one of the it's got to be one of the best like just overall mics. I, I had a it's chance. It's a cool looking mic. Um, it is that too? Didn't get to hear it, but I did get to hold it in my hand, and it's like really weird looking. Yeah. in a sense, because you got like you got everything that typically looks like a ribbon microphone, but then you got this big transformer on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it looks like a microphone just developed like a, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, got cancer or something. It's, it's got, got this big cancer <laughs> lump on it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's, excuse me, that's, that's what I would be, what I'd be going for. Yeah, and that, that, cool. that R&R, R&R one would, yeah. Um, that would probably be, probably be where I'd go for a high-end mic, high-end ribbon, just cause it's like, of everything I I've heard, it's the. love to own one of the old school RCAs or a clone yeah. thereof, so an AEA. They look so classic, right? Yeah. The blimp yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have one of those just, I had just for the look of it so that if I threw that in front of a vocalist, they could you know, get that vibe. Were you, were you around for that, that gospel recording that, that I, I did the remixes on. It was, was tracked down in, down in Nashville. Um, but the mixes they did down in, in Nashville were horrendous. And so I got, I got the, the tracks. I remember you telling me of them, but I, I didn't help you out at all. So, with her, them, so. her voice on that was tracked on a, on an old RCA, oh, um, nice. 44 or something. It, it was a beautiful sounding. Um, really, really dark, but beautiful sounding. And one of the songs had to be retracked because her, her performance was like, it was tired, um, exhausted, tired. Right. Um, and so we, we tested, we, we shot out all our, all our ribbons, um, the three of them that we have and, and settled on one and it didn't even come close, which is too bad, but. But yeah, there like there was something there was something just smooth about that one. Yeah, definitely would love to get one of those. But for four or five thousand dollars, right? Yeah, I I I can't justify that kind of money for no no something like that. Yeah, it's more or less why I jumped on the the Austins is more like I don't have the money to buy a U eighty seven. Thus, yep. It doesn't make sense for me to buy a U87. But these Aston but then, sound so close that it's it's a no-brainer. Like, yeah. why buy an 87 when this gets me like 95% of the 87 sound? Yeah. Oh, speaking of, kind of, we're, we're we're close to out of time, but um, I wanted to tell you about the the session that went down this weekend. Okay. Um, uh, Roland Rodas, yep. who's been on the show before. He had he had a band in a three piece, three piece. I want to call them progressive thrash metal. Okay, but they're not. They they just call themselves thrash metal. Um, they came in and tracked mostly live. They did eleven and a half songs in three days. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. But they did it mostly live. Even even the overdubs. They did vocals and second guitar live together as overdubs it was awesome but the the thing that made it the thing that made it work was they spent all of friday seven hours of friday um 
doing setup, and it sounded it sounded killer. I guess that's it. We're out of here. Thanks for listening. See ya. Missed Follow it. our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.